You're listening to The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. This episode is brought to you by RiseTech. RiseTech's Verge data analytics and reporting platform delivers a powerful management solution with integration to your existing technologies. I've actually seen this and it's pretty cool. I hope you check it out. Learn why some of the largest cities in the United States, such as New York City, are using RiseTech to solve their parking and transportation challenges at risetechglobal.com forward slash parking podcast. The Parking Podcast is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the world's largest association for professionals in parking, mobility, and transportation. Learn more at parking-mobility.org. The Parking Podcast is brought to you by Vade. Vade helps cities understand and manage the curb by measuring when, where, and why it's used with wireless cameras and computer vision. Vade powers data-driven decisions that reduce congestion, improve pedestrian and bicycle safety, and better serve today's demand. Learn more at vade.ai. Welcome back to another episode of the Parking Podcast. With us today is my good friend, mentor, and actually the person who hired me into the industry, Jack Skelton, CCO at Rise Tech Global. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm doing well, Isaiah. Good to be chatting with you, brother. Yes, sir. So I know you have a was a JD lawyer background, went to school for law school, but um, how in the world did you go from that to jumping into the parking industry? Good question. Uh, my favorite joke is that in the food chain of occupations, uh, parking management is one step above being an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're not wrong there. <laughs> parking enforcement and uh, ambulance chasers. No, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, we both... Uh, Worked with uh, Scott Titmus. Did he actually hire you? Scott did. He conned me into starting back in Houston, oh gosh, 30 years ago. And and somehow, some way it stuck. And I actually never regretted uh, never regretted making the jump. Yeah, I know. The industry's been good to you. And were you like several of our other podcast guests that you came up through the ranks of central parking? Is that how you got your teeth into, into uh, parking? You are correct. I started off at the old brown and uh, whatever color that brown and yellow uh, central parking in Houston, Texas. Uh, was the manager of Methodist Hospital Valet, three sixty five. Had a pager on my hip. I still can hear that pager buzzing in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> many a nightmare. Valet is a can be a nightmare, as many of my colleagues and your friends know. <laughs> yeah, mine is the. Uh, I don't know if you remember those Nextel push. Push to talk. They were like cell phones, but they'd make mm. that chirping noise. And I was working a very large operation that you put me in, and I, uh, I still, you know, uh, PTSD. I hate to use that term, but but when I hear that noise, I, I get the PTSD from in the middle of the night getting those calls and radio chirps. So, oh, that's funny. That's funny. I, you know, I've apologized for bringing <laughs> you in. <laughs> yeah, we have some funny <laughs> stories to to tell. I think when. Uh, you hired me and you said, hey, go before you move your family out there, go go uh, check it out, make sure this is where you want to live. And I think the legend goes that I came back and I said, yeah, we, we just bought a house, so we're good. <laughs> we just bought a house up there. <laughs> you, I, I, like, you did what? I still remember saying, did you sign anything? <laughs> <laughs> Worked out great. It was right in 2007, 2008 during the housing crisis. So, uh, but no, it, it, it was, 
a learning lesson. But all right. So yeah. So if you didn't catch that, Jack and I worked together, parking management companies over the years, uh, hired me at Republic Parking System based in Chattanooga. And um, no, and in all seriousness, I'll get back to the interview questions. But Jack, thank you for um, all you've done in my career to get me where I am today and the promotions and mentorship and all that. So I owe most of what I have to you and uh, people like Scott Titmus and Steve Resnick. So enough of the brown nosing, we'll jump right in. So you go from Republic Parking where you spent most of your career after Central, some other stops, but um, now you are with Rice Tech. So um, tell us about who Rice Tech is, why you created it, and what challenges Rice Tech is solving today. Yes. Well, Rice Tech is a bit unique, and I really think it takes a nice position that was missing in the industry. Uh, Rise Tech really wants to be a problem solver for clients. We want to provide intelligent solutions that actually help with the day-to-day. As you and I have spent many, many years trying to manage complex parking operations on street and off street, one of, one of the challenges has always been disconnected technology and mm-hmm. trying to get information and data to get answers to questions, to solve problems, to make good decisions. And it's just been such a challenge for so long to uh, effectively use multiple datas in the same, uh, uh, multiple technologies in the same operation. So our goal is to figure out how we connect different technologies in clients' operations, get them to work more efficiently together. And most importantly, along that path is to get the data to our clients without them having to spend hours and hours pulling files and and creating pivot tables to figure out answers to questions they have every day. Mm. I remember having to learn things like Tableau and all these different things because uh, you're right, like you said, especially in the last, you know, since I've been in the industry last 10, 15 years, all the different technology that's immersed onto the scene, the different apps and aggregators and parks equipment and the cameras and just so much data coming at you. It looks like you guys have helped solve that challenge of putting it all together. And I I had a recorder with Kevin Wozniki with Park Trans Solutions. And he, he said he stopped saying in presentations, here's what we do or in meetings and went to, you know, what what challenges do you have that we can help solve? And that sounds exactly what Rise Tech is doing. Solid, solid need and then went in there and help challenge it. And so we'll we'll get to some of the um actually let's jump into that one first. The uh what you talked about aggregating data. I've seen something called Verge, the software platform. Um I think it's powered by IBM among some other really cool features, but tell us about what Verge is and how it's being used. Yeah, so Verge was an endeavor many years in in the making. We partnered with IBM because we wanted the best and the brightest data scientists and resources. Because we, we knew the platform had to be very flexible. It had to have the ability to integrate with multiple types of technologies, old and new. So that was, that was the jump in point is how do we connect with, oh gosh, some of the folks still out there have federal APD equipment, uh, older Amano equipment. And then today we have the flashes and some of the newer products from Tiba, of course, all of the mobile payments pieces. How do we, how do we figure out to, a way to pull all of this data into a platform in real time, and then once we have the data, 
how do we create reports and visualizations? And so working with IBM, we were able to build the base platform of Verge. And during that process of building it, we were had the pleasure of working with a lot of municipal uh, industry leaders, as well as the technology companies. We're, uh, we're an agnostic company, so we work with anybody and everybody. Uh, all the park mm-hmm. systems, enforcement, meters, mobile payments, you name it. We're, we're open to working with them to get the data into a centralized solution. And then that ultimately is Verge. That's really, so it's like a smart dashboard, but it's, if I remember, because I've seen the product, I've seen some demonstrations that, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe it would like look at, because again, you have the powered by IBM Watson and that thing can think like a human. But from what I remember, it would like, uh, for example, you're working with the city, it would it would look at the social media for the town. It would look at the weather. It would look at the event schedules and it'd say, uh, based on you know, there being a Braves game tonight and this social media hashtag being used and the weather's a little rainy, we predict your garages will be 62% full. Or I, I don't know, like, is it, my mind was blown when I first saw this. Is it still doing stuff like that? Is that kind of the things that Verge can help with clients? It can. And the unique thing about Verge, and it kind of makes it hard to sell, is it's customized for every single client. So, as we were speaking before, we want to hear what challenges the client's trying to overcome, what are their frustrations, and we start figuring out how to solve those things first. And that usually, Isaiah, goes to, hey, man, I, I spend hours getting reports, daily revenue reports, statistical reports. Can you expedite that for me? And so at its very base level, Verge is producing daily revenue reports statistical reports. It's ma- uh, monitoring trends. So how am I doing compared to last week? How am I doing compared to last year? How am I doing compared to budget? The one thing that Kyle Nichols, and Kyle Nichols is our uh, chief product officer here at RiseTech, he, we always wanted to figure out, should I, should I have a smiley face today or a frowny face? Hmm. And mm-hmm. so that how I know that is, is getting that data and seeing if I'm on the right path. So often in our industry, the reporting process is 45 days, 60 days out by the time a client, a decision maker actually sees how their operation performed. And in today's world, that's just not acceptable anymore. If, mm-hmm. if I'm trending down in revenue, I don't want to find out about it a month after the fact. I want to mm-hmm. find out about it that day or that hour so I can make an adjustment. Uh, and it could be things like, hey, your connectivity is off or credit card processing is off. Or there could be a lane closure, something like that, that's affecting your operation. It, it just gets so hard to go back and try and figure that out a month, two down, you know, down the road. But going to your, going to your question about predictive modeling, absolutely. And that, that was one of the f- first projects we worked on with Verge was for the uh, New York City Immobilization Program. Uh, in the past, they were simply driving around the streets of New York looking, hoping to come across a scofflaw, someone that was on the boot eligible list. And that just was insane considering the amount of traffic, the cost of fuel, the cost of labor. So we brought it to a smarter level. We pulled in data points, uh, many data points to do predictive routing of where the enforcement team should travel. 
And to do that, we pulled in citation data. We pulled in LPR read data. Uh, in New York alone, it's about one and a half million license plate reads a day. Wow. That, yeah, it's it's a lot. And we analyze that data and we can tell you with a great deal of reliability, if someone is on the scofflaw list, where we could find that vehicle. And that data goes well beyond just scofflaw enforcement. It's very relevant to our partners in New York City, the uh, PD and the Sheriff's Department often ask us for assistance uh, using that data. So okay. you're, you're absolutely spot on. It can be used to predict and solve a problem. And that was a problem that New York City's uh, mobilization program had. Wow, that, that is wild. And to go back to your earlier point, I remember I used to be the manager and you know, usually a month later, you're working on the monthly report for the board meeting. I'm running my numbers and I'm like, oh, wow, I had a bad month. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> And you're, it's too late, you know, you're, you have to go face the, the, go face the board with this, with your terrible numbers. And then, um, it's nice to have that daily to see where you're at. And it's the reason I would wait till the month. Cause it's annoying to pull your, your two mobile apps, run the reports, plug in a spreadsheet, pull your parks equipment, pull your ticket revenue, pull your meter. Re- and it's just like, um, you'd almost have to pay 60, 80 grand to hire a business analyst to keep up with this multiple ones in some some operations if I didn't have a solution like like yours. And that's um, uh, definitely see the value and the benefit of that. And you talked about the New York City immobilization. And I know you guys have a smart booth. I think you call it Intelliboot. Can you um, talk about this product and what makes it unique? Yes. Uh, Mike Gordon, uh, one of the founders of RiseTech, patented a self-releasing boot and he did it very smartly. Uh, he was involved with the New York City immobilization program before it was booting, when it was a towing operation. And so Mike saw the realities of what happens on the streets in New York, the challenges of applying a boot and taking it off, the customer experience. And from that knowledge, he sat down and, and designed his own. And it is a smart device and the fact that it can be uh, released uh, by the customer after payment. So the the goal of the IntelliBoot is to make the booting process just a heck of a lot more convenient, both operationally and from the customer experience. So someone comes out to their car, they see a boot on their vehicle, of course, they're going to be upset, but they have the ability with the IntelliBoot simply to pick up the phone or go online and they can make a payment find out what's due. And, and once they make that payment, they're issued a release code and they go and enter that into the device, the IntelliBoot, and it unlocks. They take it off, put it in their trunk, drop it off at one of our drop-off centers in New York City, and they're done. Uh, the old school way would have resulted in a tow, which of course we know how painful that can be, and or a traditional boot where now I've got to sit around and wait for someone to come out and take the boot off, which could lead to potential confrontation or mm-hmm. obviously a delay in, in ex- very expensive labor time. Yeah. And I was involved with the project from the operator side, helping uh, set this up. I remember it was blind, mind-blowing. I think you said it reads like more than a million plates a day. Just blows my mind. But how many boots are we talking about a day? Is this like 100, 500, 1,000? What, what's that look like for booting in New York City? That's just crazy, some of these large contracts out there. Yeah, we're still creeping out of COVID. The, the city is, is smartly pacing things. 
but we're booting between 10 and 13,000 vehicles a month and uh, collecting, I think year to date, we've collected roughly 70 some million dollars in the program. Oh my goodness. Wow. Man, that's wild. So we're going to, we'll put in a, again, check the show notes for links to Rise Tech. You can learn more about the IntelliPo. But we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our platinum sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Parker Technology, the customer experience solution of choice in the parking industry. Parker's solution puts a virtual ambassador in every lane to help parking guests pay and get on their way in under a minute. Parker helps capture revenue, provides better customer service, enables your staff to focus on other on-site tasks, and keeps traffic moving, all according to your business rules. With the Parker solution, you'll also enjoy access to real-time call data and recordings. Learn more at helpmeparker.com slash parkingpodcasts. I now want to talk. I think you guys also have some like frictionless parking solutions. I'm seeing this everywhere. Again, as some of our listeners know, as you know, this is now uh, in my wheelhouse. I, I joined a company that does frictionless uh, enforcement by mail. We're seeing this everywhere. It's selling like hotcakes. Um, kind of what are you seeing on your end as far as the industry and, and frictionless? Well, frictionless, I think, first of all, needs a, a definition in our industry. It, it means different things to different people. Mm. Uh, a lot of times people say gateless is frictionless, and I'm not sure if that's necessarily true. Uh, some operations can be frictionless, but still have gates to control access and egress. But the, the reality is what we're trying to do is simplify the process for the customer to get in and out of a facility and reduce the amount of cost it takes to manage that process through technology. So a lot of our clients have asked us to come up with solutions that leverage LPR cameras to capture entrances and exits of vehicles in and out of facilities. And, and from that data, we're able to do a lot of things, uh, primarily uh, the enforcement piece, a way to control revenues, but also capturing good occupancy detail. So we can accurately tell you how many cars are in the facility at any given time, but we can also drill down a lot deeper now that we're using license plate data, because now I can tell you how many of those occupants are monthly parkers, and I can even take it a step further. I can tell you of those monthly parkers, how many are from company ABC and how many are from company XYZ. Really relevant data when you start looking at oversell factors and capacity, how many monthly permits can I sell? Um, a lot of our clients are also looking at hybrids. So the traditional 30-day permit isn't fitting the needs of all their customers. So they're looking for ways to say, hey, I want to offer people a three-day-a-week permit. Because of, of course, the, the trend of the hybrid work from home, work from the office, of course. Absolutely. You're spot on. So with the, uh, with the camera-based solution, we're able to manage that very effectively. And then, of course, monitor and report any deviations from permit uh, programs. We're integrating the cameras with digital permitting platforms. One of our products is ParkLink, and that leverages license plates instead of access cards in, in the process. So that's part of the piece that we bring to the table. But we're also able to integrate with any mobile payment uh, solution. Uh, one of our large frictionless operations in Yonkers, New York, is the Ridge Hill Mall, a very nice mall with five parking garages. 
and it parks anywhere between 15 and 20,000 cars a day. They used to have a gated solution that was very expensive to maintain, a lot of tickets, um, a lot of customer issues. And so they decided to remove that and go go with our system, a camera-based system. And so there we integrate with mobile payments. Uh, one of our friends, uh, Tez, uh, their mobile payment solution. And we also integrate with Flowbird in a pay-by-plate mode. So we're able to effectively manage all of the traffic in the facility and generate a, a potential violation report, which is used by the on-site team. Uh, there, they actually go around and they place uh, parking reminders or payment notices on the uh, customer's cars. So it's not an automated process, but uh, it, all the reporting is there so they can effectively manage the labor for the enforcement side of the equation. Yeah, I've seen, again, you know, just talking with the industry, just my involvement with IPMI, among others, like I, in the last few years, one of the biggest challenges or solutions needed was exactly what you talked about with the hybrid, the the ability for customers that work two days a week at home, three days in the office to be able to, you know, maybe they don't want to ch- charge, like you said, for the full monthly permit, monthly contract that they, they, they can, maybe they get two free days a week. And if they park a third day, the gate or the they are charged they're invoiced if it's gated they they have to pay a transit if it's not they get invoiced or however it works but to have a solution again i've seen a lot of people looking for that so that's exciting and then uh, what about you know maybe it's not a, a one size fits all there are some some operations that do need the barriers that you know have a problem with people parking there that shouldn't be parking there so it doesn't work for everybody but what are some lessons learned or advice you would have for a client that's that's thinking about that, like maybe afraid to take that step um, of going frictionless or gateless? Yeah. So the biggest challenge is really a mental hurdle. And you have to start with the assumption that a gated traditional park system is perfect. And we know that's that's an unfair assumption. Every every system has limitations. And sometimes that's technology, connectivity, configuration issues, operational challenges, or simple things like a busted gate. And I, I've run a lot of gated solutions, and, I, and I'm still involved with many of them. And there is slippage. There is loss. And so there's always a pros and cons analysis. And so when, you, when you're considering going frictionless, you've got to think of things comparatively and measure out all the pros and cons. What we're finding, and most of the clients that we're dealing with are coming to this realization, it's better to save millions of dollars in putting in a, a very large, robust, gated solution to, to offer up to a better customer service environment and go with frictionless. Uh, that's the decision they're coming to. They're finding that revenues in many cases are going up. We just converted the state of Louisiana complex, which is three large facilities in Baton Rouge. And we took all the old gates out of the facility, put in our frictionless camera-based solution, and revenues have already doubled. It's it's crazy. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of reasons why we're seeing that. But the reality is the assumption of loss of control and lost revenues has to be dealt with. Mm, and there's one reason that revenue, is it the, the additional revenue stream of uh, violation revenue, or is it just um, people sneaking out of tailgating, sneaking out of the, out of the gates, kind of what, what do you think the biggest reason is that the revenue is going up? 
Well, parking violation fees and such are can be part of the equation. But I think the reality is, is that in a frictionless environment, people realize they see those cameras, it influences them to make a payment in a pay by plate mode, they're typically paying in advance. And the trend there is people will actually pay for more time than they overpay. Need. Yep. hundred percent. So, yeah. so that's a contributing a part of it. Um, but you can also offer the conveniences like almost all the mobile payment providers give you a reminder where you can add more time. So you're not, you're not trapping people, but the reality is they're, they're willing, the customer is willing to accept Maybe they paid a little bit more for the convenience of not having to pull a ticket, not having to wait on a cashier, um, not having that delay at, at the exit. Those sort of things are all part of the the pros of going to a frictionless environment. Wow. Yeah. Well, so we're seeing that too. It's the again, it's not a trap, but more customers would rather be safe than sorry, so they they pay for three hours and then maybe they they leave in in, in two. So it's um. You're seeing that a lot with, especially uh, a lot of municipalities that have transitioned their on street from single meters to pay stations ha have seen that uh, uh, that benefit as well. So, yeah, Jack, and you mentioned uh, ParkLink. So that's um, um, that's a, I'm assuming that's a digital permitting solution. Do you have anything else you want to say about that? I've heard good things. Yeah. So, you know, all of us have dealt with monthly billing in the parking industry, and, and frankly, there just has not been a ton of solutions out there. And some of the ones, the legacy systems are have aged quite a bit. So today's environment, what we're really looking for, and the problem that ParkLink solves is it puts a lot of power back in the parkers' hands. They're able to access all of their information, uh, including previous bills, payments um, for company accounts, are able to add and edit parkers on their own without having to call or email someone to make that change. They also have a ton of payment options within within ParkLink. You can pay with credit card, debit card, Google Pay, ACH, pretty much any Venmo. Uh, you can make all kinds of payments. But one of the one of the cool things I wanted to make sure I mentioned is uh, ParkLink is taking it a step further from just doing a great job managing traditional monthly parking. Uh, we have built out a number of residential and business permitting platforms that allow for verification of residency qualifications, make all that a very simple process. The renewals come very easy. And then the other, the other new thing that we're launching now is uh, in environments where you do have gates, a traditional park system, and that needs to stay, you can utilize ParkLink and go hands-free. So a ParkLink customer no longer would need an access card or a toll tag or AVI tag in their car to open and close the gate, we can actually interact with their cell phone. And now that monthly parker just pulls up to the gate. They don't even have to open their cell phone. It's a passive option. They can just have that cell phone in their car and the gate's going to go up. They don't have to roll down their window. They don't have to pull out an access card. I love if, it. Yeah. So we're, we're really trying to take it up a notch and make it a super convenient solution for all types of parking programs. Well, well done. Again, we'll put a link to to that as well in the episode notes about that solution as well. So uh, last one I heard, you know, I mean, we're hearing everything, chat GPT and the different artificial intelligence AI tools out there. I know Rice Tech's been dabbling in that. So do you want to just give a brief word about some of the 
uh, AI solutions Rise Tech has taken advantage of? Yes. So there's there's a couple of very, very cool things, and I'm sure some of the listeners are familiar with them, but things like LPR, LPR, license plate recognition, OCR, right? I'm reading characters. Well, the technology has gone far beyond that. Now we're able to not only read the license plate, but we can also give the make, model, color, state of the vehicles with a very, very high accuracy. And so that allows us to do a number of things for our customers. First and foremost, we're able to have better verification and authentication of transactions. So if someone's, for example, paid uh, the wrong plate number, but they drove a blue Ford F-150 pickup truck, we can actually query the data for blue Ford F-150, and we can pull up comparable reads and, and match that, that transaction up. It also gives our customers uh, a lot of detail, things like EV. EV is a big topic in our industry and people are you know, asking questions. How many EV vehicles are actually parking in my garage? Now you may have two EV stations, but it'd be helpful to know if you had 75 EV vehicles in your garage. Helps you measure demand and potential, mm. potential need for EV charging spaces. Wow. You know, and then along the lines of you know, learning things like fuzzy matching and comparable reads and 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 uh, cross-referencing data and predicting, predicting what our occupancy would be based on things like you had mentioned before, weather, huge influencer on many parking operations. That will allow us to plan accordingly, uh, for especially things like a baseball game, right? A rainy baseball game may have half the attendance of a sunny day baseball game. And so if I have a facility that services both event parking for the baseball and public parking for other uses, those sort of models allow me to keep my gates, uh, keep my space open for non-event parkers, things like that. It, again, it's, it really comes down to leveraging the data and applying logical, uh, you know, let's call it AI. And, and a little bit of human influence there to give our clients the best information to make the best decisions for their parking garage or program. Man, this is really cool stuff, Jack. I, uh, I Again, I, I've seen Rise Tech explode on the map everywhere. I've seen some solutions. I think it's really, really sharp. Anything else we haven't talked about you guys are doing that goes back to, again, looking at what the industry needed, asking clients what they're needing help with. Is there any other things uh, you want to talk about that Rise Tech's doing or coming out soon? Yeah. So we're, uh, as I said earlier, we want to work with everybody. We're agnostic. And there's a couple of programs, the devices, solutions that we represent. One of them is the Parklio. You, you guys may have seen that out there. It's an individual space barrier that can be controlled from a cell phone and can be integrated with permitting system. So if you're trying to manage like a reserve space or EV charging spaces, this actually gives you the tool to control down to the space. And this can be in a parking lot or inside of a gated garage, for that matter. It gives you another level of control and offers perhaps a higher level of product to your customer. You know, they may be willing to pay a premium for those spaces if you can protect them for them and, and guarantee a reservation. I think this is the coolest thing in the parking industry in a while. I, I've seen a video of this. It's, I mean, you explained it, but to give a another visual, it's like... Um, it's almost like, you know how like when you're saving your spot for someone, you put a cone out, it's, it, it does this automatically. So the, if I remember that when the customer drives away, a, 
like I don't know, a bollard, I guess, if you will, rises from the ground and just holds that space when they return. It senses with their phone or they hit a button and the, and the bollard goes down. They can also give a code to visitors that are maybe using their space. But when you talked about removing gates and barriers and people scared about their reserve spots or nesting areas, like, um, you know, there's solutions like this that we're not fully integrating into our operations that could help with the whole frictionless experience. So really cool product. I, I will put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, I didn't know you guys resold resold that one. That's really cool. Yeah, and a couple more things. Uh, sensors, uh, parking sensors have come a long ways, and and the folks that journeyed out into the parking sensor space early taught us a lot of lessons about reliability and what type of sensors are going to work in different sorts of environments. Uh, we also are a partner with N-Wave, and we use their ground sensors in a number of applications to detect per space occupancy, both both on-street and off-street. And we're using that tied into Verge and ParkLink and a number of programs to effectively manage reserve spaces. The M-Wave sensor is very reliable. It can be uh, a great tool for managing things like, uh, for example, one of our clients is a hospital and they want to protect their spaces for ER doctors. So we put the sensors in the ER doctor spaces each one of the ER doctors has a Bluetooth fob uh, on their key ring, which matches up to those sensors. So if anyone outside of an ER doctor pulls into that space, there's an immediate notification and then security can deal with the, uh, the poacher of that space. So a lot of cool opportunities there. Again, as you mentioned, managing down to the space opens up a lot of opportunity yeah. in our industry. Yeah, absolutely. And then using Verge, I know one of your features is you can actually tell the value of each space, but it's uh, how much violation revenue or meter revenue or whatever that exact space brings in, which a lot of people have been looking for for years. Uh, how can listeners learn more or follow along with all the exciting things going on with Rice Tech? I'll put the, the website and the show notes. I don't know if you recommend LinkedIn, the website, contacting you personally. What do you, what do you recommend, Jack? I think our website is a good source for general information. It, it covers most of the products that we have available. We've got more coming. But of course, they're able to email me at uh, jskelton at risetechglobal.com. And I'd be happy to answer any questions or dig deeper into anything we talked about today. And Jack, will you guys be at IPMI uh, where listeners can stop by your booth? Yes, sir. We have a large booth uh, planned and we look forward to seeing everyone down there on the, on the trade show floor. So Jack, when you're not solving the world's parking challenges, what do you like to do for fun? I've got a few hobbies. Uh, fishing is one. I also uh, ref uh, high school soccer, which is uh, kind of my brave man. <laughs> it's kind of my paid exercise, as I like to say, both mental and physical. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's one of my passions is 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 sports. Soccer being one of them. Yeah, brave soul. You and Ken Smith out there refing and parking. You're just asking for trouble. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, Jack, well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Again, thanks for your friendship and mentorship over the years. Thanks to Rise Tech for supporting the podcast. We couldn't do it without our sponsors like you. Thanks, Jack. Thank you, Isaiah. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Tez Technology. Since 1993, Tez has developed innovative text-based mobile solutions designed to streamline operations, increase efficiency, and improve overall customer experiences. 
My favorite is the ability to pay for parking without having to download an app. Test Solutions includes SMS valet, text to park, permit to park, and much more. I think every organization or city or university should be adding Tez to their payment options arsenal. Learn more about Tez at tezhq.com.